1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: Always good to check in with Ron Ross who's been scouring the headlines and an update on news out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Ron, all sorts of things that have been developing in Ukraine around the Russian invasion, things even changing by the hour. But over the weekend, the Israeli Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, refused a Ukrainian request for military aid, but responded with humanitarian support. What's the story here?
1: Yeah, Israeli Prime Minister Bennett declined the Ukrainian President Zelensky's request to provide military assistance to the embattled Eastern European nation, Israel Media is reporting. Zelensky asked for assistance with military implements and weapons, during a phone call with Bennett according to a translation by the Times of Israel. Israel is an ally of both Russia and Ukraine and has been cautious about taking sides since Moscow's invasion. Russia also has heavy military presence in Syria and controls its skies and as such, Jerusalem coordinates all military strikes on Iranian targets in Syria with Moscow. In addition, both Ukraine and Russia have large Jewish communities, and Israel sees itself as a protector of Jews in the diaspora. According to a separate report last week, Jerusalem prevented the U.S. from transferring Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system to Ukraine last year in an attempt to maintain Israel's ties with Russia. During the same phone call with Zelensky. The Ukrainian president asked Bennett if Israel would serve as a mediator between Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine's ambassador to Israel, Yevgeny Kurichuk, told the New York Times, we do believe that Israel is the only democratic state in the world that has great relations with both Ukraine and Russia. On Sunday, Bennett floated the idea to Russian President Putin during the phone call. The Kane report said that during the phone call, Bennett reassured Putin that a plane headed for Ukraine this week contained only humanitarian supplies and not weapons. During Sunday's cabinet meeting, Bennett announced that Israel would be sending 100 tons of humanitarian aid to Ukraine. Thousands of Israelis have left Ukraine by land since the invasion last Thursday. And 2,500 more have requested that Israel allow them to immigrate, the Foreign Ministry said.
0: Let's keep the focus on Ukraine. Uh, An Israeli killed near Kiev and another held captive. What's this one?
1: Yeah, an Israeli national was killed by Ukrainian forces while trying to escape the country, the Foreign Ministry has reported. Roman Brodsky, 37, left behind a wife and children in Ukraine and parents in Israel. Israel's N-12 reporting that it was Ukrainian forces who mistook the line of cars for Chechen vehicles. Brodsky's car was stopped at a makeshift checkpoint and shot after being mistaken for a Chechen militant fighting for Russia. Ukrainian soldiers shot at his car, which was in a convoy driving from Kiev to the border with Moldova. The soldiers thought Brodsky and another Israeli who was in the car with him were part of the Chechen forces, Channel 12 reported. Prime Minister Bennett sent condolences to Brodsky's family on Monday night. In addition, an Israeli-Ukrainian was taken prisoner after the Russian Navy detained a Ukrainian ship he was on in the Black Sea, the Foreign Ministry has reported. Yuri Shkidtsi, 51, was aboard a cargo ship, that was towed by Russian ships. His brother Simeon told Ynet News. His brother sent a text message when he was detained and had not made contact since.
0: Well, there are lots of protests going on all around the world and no doubt listeners have seen images on television, people holding up signs, and there's an anti-Russia protesters' gatherings in Israel and they're declaring... While protesting the Russian invasion, uh, fairly significant. Putin is Hitler on signs like that. Uh, severe words, uh, severe comparisons. Uh, what are the headlines saying here, Ron?
1: Yeah, thousands
0: demonstrated
1: in Tel Aviv and close to another thousand gathered in Haifa to protest Russia's invasion of the Ukraine and demand more action from the Israeli government. Many former citizens of Ukraine or Russia held signs in Russian as well as in Hebrew and English condemning President Putin, with some comparing him to Adolf Hitler. The protesters waved the Ukrainian flag and chanted slogans such as Putin's a fascist and Putin get out of Ukraine. They also demanded that Jerusalem openly condemn the Kremlin something that the government has yet to do, apparently in fear of Moscow cancelling its quiet cooperation with Israel's efforts in Syria. In Tel Aviv, the protesters gathered around Habima Square when police cordoned off the streets leading to the Russian embassy where they were heading. Several spoke to Hebrew media about their anger over the war, their fear for their relatives in their home countries, and why they believe Israel should be doing more to help the Ukraine.
0: Well, it's interesting to talk about how the Israelis might be viewing Russia, but uh, there's also uh, the other foot here and the United Nations Security Council, uh, Russia, is denouncing Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. What's this one? It's
1: quite amazing, is that Russia doesn't recognise Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. They're part of Syria said Russia's Dmitry Polyansky At a UN Security Council meeting where Israel apartheid was the focus rather than urgent global issues, Russia's envoy said Moscow considered the Golan Heights to be part of Syria. Israel captured the Golan during the 1967 Six-Day War when the Jewish state was threatened with annihilation by the surrounding Arab countries and won a stunning victory in a war of defense. Israel annexed the Golan in 1981. Former President Trump officially recognized the Golan as an Israeli territory during his tenure. We are concerned over Tel Aviv's announced plans for expanding settlement activity in the occupied Golan Heights, which directly contradicts the provision of the 1949 Geneva Convention, the Russian mission tweeted. These were Russia's first comments, about Israel in the hours since the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs released a statement voicing support for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity following the Russian invasion. Meanwhile, at the Security Council meeting, the Palestinian Authority Ambassador to the UN, Riyad Mansour, used the occasion to slam Israel, notably wearing a mask printed with the words, End Apartheid. Russia is certainly dominating world headlines right now, and there are numerous Bible verses that warn of attacks from the north. Interesting, the prophet Jeremiah says, destroyers will come from the north, Jeremiah fifty-one forty-eight. We have battle stations of prayer. Time for us to put on the full armour, I think.
0: And we might talk through some of these issues just a little later in the program. Hey, Ron, we'll look at the people of Israel. We'll say God's chosen people, right back to Old Testament times. And as Christians, we say, I wonder how many Israeli Jews believe in Jesus. And there's a new book that's out, uh, shedding light on that question. Uh, What's this one all about?
1: Yeah, there are nearly 300 Messianic fellowships in Israel, according to a book published this month by the Kaspari Center of Jerusalem. The book, Jesus Believing Israelis, Exploring Messianic Fellowships, was written by David Cerner and Alexander Goldberg and has been sold via the Kaspari website. Cerner is Kaspari's Director of International Relations and Goldberg is the organization's Israel Director. The Kaspari website describes the book as a comprehensive study of Jesus Believing Israelis more commonly known as Messianic Jews. The book covers numerous issues ranging from demographics, theological and identity issues involving complex questions about what it means to be Jewish, to be Israelis and to be followers of Yeshua, meaning Jesus. The book took three years to produce, from 2018 to 2021, according to an interview the authors conducted last week with the website Israel Today. The book updates a previous survey, Facts and Myths About the Messianic Congregations in Israel, which was published in 1999. Israel Today defines itself as a Jerusalem-based Zionist news agency founded in 1978 to bring a biblical dimension to journalism in Israel. The authors said that they defined messianic as Jews who accepted the traditional historic Christology. We asked if Jesus is viewed as both fully divine and fully human. About 5% of the congregations that they contacted refused to be included in the study, and others provided only partial information. To gather the data, the authors conducted two surveys. One was done with fellowship leaders, and others online in Hebrew, Russian, Amharic, and English. The survey included only one evangelical Arab pastor. Fellowships were defined as congregations, house groups, and churches, and the survey encompassed all Jewish believers in Jesus, regardless of denomination. It's interesting that the Jerusalem Post have launched a monthly newsletter for Christians, and you can sign up by visiting the J-Post website.
0: Fabulous stuff. And uh, Ron, I know so many listeners are really appreciative of those insights that come with Christian commentary around what's unfolding with the people who are in Israel. Uh, Thanks so much for scouring the headlines once again. Ron Ross, uh, good to have you with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil.